You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Okay, it's episode 57. So on today's episode, well, it's basically good times back in Malawi. <laughs> One of my favorite little countries in Africa. Uh, so I go from Tet in Mozambique and spend about a month in Malawi for the second time. We'll also be covering about 700 miles, taking us up to 28,850 miles of the 30,000 miles. So you guessed it, we are coming to an end in this series. I reckon there'll probably be one, maybe two more episodes in this series before... I start a whole new series, and I'm going to go from this, where well, this trip took place, 93, 94, to my most recent trip, which was just before COVID. Uh, I spent a month in Central America in February 2020. So anyways, we are going to pick up where we left off on the last episode. And of course, because I'm going back to Malawi, you might want to also listen, if you haven't already, to my Malawian episodes that I've already done probably about six months ago. <laughs> Okay, so after having just a night in Hostel in Tet, Mozambique, Mozambique was great. Well, besides getting malaria for the second time, which I still was kind of just recovering from, but I hardly spent any money in Mozambique. I hitchhiked the whole way. I also got given people's homes or paid for hotels or hostels or camped or so didn't pay for any accommodation either. So it was just basically food. And you know, I even got a lot of meals bought for me. So. Besides the malaria, Mozambique was awesome. Absolutely beautiful country, amazing people. And I was there, you know, shortly after the border had opened for the first time in almost years because of the Civil War. So it was kind of a bittersweet time to be there as well. It was great, obviously, because the war was over and people were super happy, but it was also bitter because you could see the destruction that war causes and all the roads and buildings and houses and things like that. But also all the, there were so many people because of all the damn landmines that were still underground. Like when I was there, so I went February, no, March 1994, and they reckon there was over a million landmines still buried. And then three, I think it was three years later, Princess Diana started this big charity and awareness campaign about removing all those landmines from Mozambique. And I bet you there's still some in the ground after all these years. I mean, hopefully not. So landmines, they should be banned, like from everywhere. They're just brutal. I managed to hitch ride actually from my hotel where I was staying in Mozambique, in Tet. And at the time it was called the Tet Corridor because... Like I said, Mozambique wasn't open officially, but you could go through the Tet Corridor. So when I was coming down Africa, Mozambique had, the borders hadn't opened. So it was because I was going back up that they were. So the Tet Corridor obviously leads to Malawi. I had to wait the longest I've ever had to wait for a ride, which was only 70 minutes, 7-0. <laughs> so that's pretty good. <laughs> 
And I managed to get a ride to Blantyre, Malawi, which is where I was going, but to Dougal's, my favorite hostel, because the owner and I have the same last name. So we reckon we were related. So he was kind of like my big brother. And actually, I was with him when I got malaria for the first time from Malawi or <laughs> Malawi. <laughs> So he looked out to me back then. So I was super excited after, I don't know, I think there was about six months in between to getting to Blantyre and to Dougal's. So that was okay. I had a little mishap at the border with money changers. So I traded money for the proper exchange with this guy, changing my Mozambique money into Malawian money. And he gave me the good exchange. So we did that. And then, I don't know, he started counting the money and saying I'd ripped him off, which I hadn't because you're the one that gave me the money. <laughs> And he started freaking out. And I was just like, whatever, dude. Like, and I showed him. Like, I was like, they're here. Look, this, I counted the money in front of him that he gave me. So I got back in this truck that, you know, I hitched a ride with. And this guy just smacked me in the face through the window. <laughs> I'm in the car and I just lost it. So I get out of the truck and I'm like, what the hell's your problem? You know, because he knocked my Ray-Bans off my face. That is a sin. So I, you know, probably smacked him back, I'm sure. Miss uh, Tiger Lady came out. And then he kind of left. So I was like, to my ride, I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to get punched in the face and not do anything. They're like, no, no, it's, you know, you, it wasn't your fault at all. And I don't blame you. So then the next thing I know, he comes back with his, like, heavies, the gang. <laughs> and again, he reaches through the, my half-open window and, like, tries to grab me. And I was like, all right. That's enough. So I get out of the truck again. I was like, right, give me my money. Give me like the Mozambique money. And here's your Malawian. Not in the mood for this. So besides that little mishap, got into Malawi, no problem. Like I said, the people who picked me up, dropped me straight off at Dougal's, which was awesome. It was like, I was feel, felt like I was kind of coming home in a way. So that was really, really nice. But then I found out that David, or Dave, who was like my brother, he had expanded so now there was a Dougal's on the beach, so near Cape McClear on Lake Malawi, and as well as one at the Mohanis, which is the highest mountain in Malawi. So they had three places now. That was pretty cool. So Mike was managing the one in Blantyre, and then Ward was at the one in Melanges, and then there was another one at, on Monkey's Bay. And I was like, oh, well, is Dave around? They're like, oh, he kind of pops in here and here or there kind of thing. So remember, remember, 1994 now, still, still no mobile phones. <laughs> I couldn't just call them. Uh, so I got settled in, got myself a little room. And because I'd been, like I said, been to Blantyre before. So I knew about the Carlsberg factory or the Carlsberg brewery. They had a tour. There was nine of us ended up going that day to the Carlsberg brewery because you got free beer. <laughs> So I think this was probably like my third time that I've been to it, including the time before. So I was a bit of an old hat. Uh, so that was good. So we got a very few beers. And then when I come get back to Dougal's, Dave showed up. So he was super happy and surprised to see me. He's like, I can't believe you're still in Africa. I'm like, neither can I. Because <laughs> like I said, at this point, I've been on the road, like I've been on this trip end of March. So yeah, like 14 months coming up to 15 months. So yeah, so the, about 15 of us went out for dinner that night to Hong Kong Palace and we had a massive splurge, really awesome feast. It was great catching up with Dave and all the other staff that I knew. And then I also met three Canadian girls, Lori, Michelle, and Chris. 
and they were really, really nice. Then they convinced me that they had to have a tour guide to go to the Carlsberg Brewery the next day. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know, two days back to back. So I decided to go disguise and wore a baseball hat. Well, when they take you through the brewery, you know, they show you the vats and everything. And the guide was the same guy I'd had the day before. So someone had asked a question and he pointed to me and he was like, well, maybe you'd like to ask uh, Tam because she seems to work here as much as I do. <laughs> so I was like, don't worry, I'm not coming back. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. And then we went back and the Canadian girls made me an awesome dinner, some bean burritos. So it was really cool catching up with them. And also for, you know, for the last month or so, well, since I left Durban or even when I lived in Durban for six weeks working, I didn't meet a lot of other travelers. It was mostly obviously local people. So it's been a couple months that I've really been hanging out with travelers and partying with them. So that was really nice. As you know, I always like a party. The next day it was kind of rainy, overcast. So we decided that I would go with with the staff, Dougal staff, to go to check out the Dougals in Melanges, and, uh, which is absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful area, super green. And like I said, Melanges, the summit is about over 3,000 meters. So it's the highest peak in central South Africa. But because the weather was pretty bad, I was like, no, I'm not climbing it. And like I said, I was still, you know, little bit of malaria, but I was just like, listen, after getting lost in the Drakensberg Mountains because of rain, no way am I doing that again, because <laughs> that was pretty scary. Again, check out the Lost in Drakensberg episode for that. But it was really nice to, to spend the day out there, absolutely beautiful. And also to surprise Ward, because I hung out with Ward quite a bit the first time around. So he was like, oh my God, what are you doing here? <laughs> and it's funny, because I'd left, I'd bought this like woven mat from Zanzibar, and I guess I'd left it at Dougal the first time down. Well, that was their doormat at Melanges. So I kind of went, oh, a little piece of me still here. And I'd also accidentally left two, because remember, it was like Sony Walkman cassette player. <laughs> That's what I had for tunes. And I left, left two mixed tapes there last time. So he had them. So I got those back. So that was really cool. And then, so it was really great catching up with him. And then as I was leaving, he's like, oh, I've got a, a leaving present for you. And he gave me two space cakes. <laughs> Because I'd went with the Canadian girls, we decided to split the two up you know, between us. Well, my goodness, it was like a roller coaster ride the way back. They were pretty strong. <laughs> we were all tripping. <laughs> but it was a fun ride. <laughs> Next day, kind of had to run around to do it in Blantyre. I bought myself and my dad a really beautiful hand-carved chess set that was made in Malawi at one of the markets. Because Malawi's got some great markets. So for, especially wood, they're really, really good at carving with wood. So check those out if you go to Malawi. Anyway, so yeah, so I wanted to post those as well as my postcards because I probably hadn't sent any of those for a while. So it was kind of just a little errand day. And then the next day decided, because Dougal's actually had a bus, which was so cool, to transport travelers from Blantyre Dougal's to Monkey Bay. So called Dougal's on the beach. So that was really cool. So I jumped on that with a bunch of other people. And I met two English girls, Kate and Sarah. They were really cool. And then, yeah, we got to Monkey Bay, which, like I said, is about 60 kilometers from Cape McClear. And I, I hadn't been there before, so that was that was nice. So I hadn't been there too long. And another friend of mine, Gary, he showed up. And I was like, what are you doing here? Again, I'd been last time. I was in Malawi. And so that was really, really cool. And he's like, right, let's go. Jump on my motorbike. And we're going to go to my friend's cottage at some other beach chalets. 
So I was like, well, how far? He's like, not far, maybe half an hour on the bike. Of course, no helmets. And we'd had a couple of drinks. So he was bad for that because he almost killed me last time <laughs> on that bloody motorbike. So we'd literally been going five minutes and it started hailing, like raining and hailing. So it felt like I was being like machine gun in my face and body being on the back of this motorbike with no helmet. I don't know how he kept driving. So I was just like, OK, this is it. This is how I'm going to die. <laughs> but we made it in one piece, soaking wet, but we were at least in one piece. Met his friends and, of course, you know, just drinking and smoking and good times, a lot of laughter, really fun. And then they made a really nice dinner and I ended up just crashing at the cottage. And then Gary brought me breakfast in bed the next morning, which is really nice. Then I went back to like he drove me back to Dougal's on the beach the next day so I had a couple more days there there wasn't a lot to do there at all really and there wasn't a lot of people there Kate and Sarah and I decided we we're going to go to Cape McClear it's a little bit busier and we managed to talk this guy Duncan into driving us to Cape McClear like I said it's about 60 kilometers one way but on the way the truck stalled and I thought he was going to kill me <laughs> because he didn't really want to do it but we just charmed him but we got the truck going again so that was okay it was also Easter weekend. Uh, that's the reason I went to Cape Clear, because Gary invited me to stay with him, and he had invited me to three parties, so it'd be rude not to go, really. Found Gary. We got there about 11 in the morning, so like I said, Kate and Sarah with me. And then Gary's friends, Billy, who's Malawian, and Bushman, who is from Zimbabwe, and myself, we went to Uncle Sweetie's on Friday night, which is a croc farm, crocodile farm. <laughs> So we parted with the Crocs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. Drank loads. Got pretty drunk. Managed to somehow get back to Gary and Bianca's, his girlfriend's place. So crashed there. And so they had some chalets and restaurant and bar, which were doing really, really well because it was pretty new. So that was good. I was super happy for them. It was good because there was one place, Stevens, which was kind of the only place in Cape McClear that people went to. So it was nice that they were giving Stevens a run for the money because they were pretty boring. And Stevens often closed at 8 p.m. So I was like, What's, what is the point of that? So there was nothing else. <laughs> so the next day, of course, you know, Easter weekend. So I guess 11 a.m. was our drinking time kickoff. Then Gary decided he was going to drive me over to Nisers, which is another place. So again... On the motorbike. <laughs> and that road was so bad. It was about an 18-kilometer really, really, really bad road. Potholes and all sorts and just a dirt road, right? Oh, my goodness. So, anyways, we got to Nisers, stayed there all day. But Gary's – actually, it was his wife, not girlfriend. She hated me because she was super jealous of me and Gary. Like, we just were mates. Like, we got along. And like I said, we met before, right? Last time I was in Malawi, we hung out quite a lot then. It was nothing. We're just friends. But his wife would just didn't like me. So it was a little bit awkward. <laughs> and then Bushman and Billy, they came later. So they livened up the party. So that was good. So we had another lots of drinking, eating, smoking, good times on the beach. And then we even went to, it was called Bodzula's, to, for a disco that night, which was hilarious. They usually are African discos. Good fun. So we were there till about 1.30 because electricity went off. So that probably saved us, our liver, a little bit. <laughs> and then just crossed the, the night at Gary and Bianca's place. And then the next day, it was like, okay, so it's Easter Sunday. Start drinking 11 a.m. again. Three days in a row. Ridiculous. 
And then Kate, Sarah, and I, we met these two older guys, British guys, actually, that were invited us to their place for lunch. So we're like, okay, there's three of us, two of them. We'll be safe. No worries. Which was really good. So we had a really nice lunch. And then they were like, oh, do you want to go out on the boat with us? Because we've got a really nice big boat. We're like, yeah, sure. So we literally just hung out on their boat all day. Absolutely beautiful. They were really cool guys. And then I actually had an early night. I was like, you know what? <laughs> like I said, still kind of getting over malaria. I was like, so I am having an early night tonight. That's it. I'm crashing. And then the next day we went, met the two guys again. And they had this huge like breakfast buffet feast for us. Yeah, and then we just spent the day on the boat again, which was really awesome. So it was really actually a super awesome Easter long weekend. <laughs> Very unexpected, but really lots of fun. And then on Tuesday, Billy and Bush gave me a ride to the long way, the capital of Malawi. And I ended up just crashing over at Billy's, which is all okay. And then the next day he dropped me off. On the, on the highway. And then it took me about three rides hitching to get to Mizuzu, which is kind of the nearest town to Nakata Bay. Now, Nakata Bay is my favorite place, which I spent weeks there the first time. And then I managed to just get the bus from Mizuzu to Nakata Bay. So it took me about an hour and a half. And I went back to Kadangi Chalets because that my friends used to own that place. And so when I went, I wasn't expecting them there. Well, my friend Christine, who I met in Lamu in Kenya months and months and months before, her par- her boyfriend John was there and he was running it again. I was like, what's happening? He's like, oh, Christine's gone back to BC, British Columbia in Canada. But we got the place back. We got our visas finally sorted out. So it's, you know, we're managing it again or we own it again or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. But it kind of sucked that Christine wasn't there because she was, oh, she was a good friend of mine and she was great. But it's finally nice to meet John because I heard about him for a long time. Kind of like my second home, I guess I was coming back to Malawi. There's Dougal's at Blantyre and Nakata Bay. It was awesome. And it was amazing. So I walked over like from the little town. It's about a 20-minute walk to the beach. You just go up this little hill. Wow, I couldn't believe it. Like when I stayed there, like I said, maybe six months prior, like there was nothing on the beach. There was, you just, there was Chiefy, who, who like was our night watchman, who was this awesome African local dude. I loved him to bits. And he would just start our fires and get our teas going at nighttime and stuff. And then we would just tip him, you know, every day kind of thing. And you could just camp on the beach for free. It was amazing. Well, no longer. Now there's all chalets built up there and like beach bungalows, things like that. So I couldn't believe what a difference just six months had made. But my friends, Paul and Claire, they owned one of the chalet resort areas. So it was great to see them. And I obviously stayed with them. And even they were even employing chief in the daytime. So he was the day watchman because he was older. Like, I mean, he was probably like in his 70s. So I went to see him and then just hanging on the beach. You know, all the little kids and a lot of the locals, they remember me from because I also had my birthday in Nakata Bay in October. So, yeah, now I was there in March, April. Just great seeing everyone. Like I said, it was kind of like a homecoming for the second time in Malawi. And then I also met a really nice English couple, Bridge and Richard. So I hung out with them quite a bit. Still able to camp on the beach because Claire and Paul's chalets weren't ready. So they let me camp on the beach. So that was nice. So after a couple of days, just hanging out there, catching up with everyone, having some nice food. My ears started really getting painful. And 
Like to the point, I remember one night I was just like screaming in pain, crying, screaming, crying the whole night. It was like I had two darning needles in my ears. It was ridiculous. So I went to the hospital the next day and I also had a rash. I was just covered in a crazy, I don't know if there were bites or rash or it's kind of like Uganda all over again where I got again covered in bites from what, I don't know what. (laughs) So I had all this really irritating, crazy itchiness, bites. And my ears were just killing me. So went to the hospital. The doctor didn't know what the bites were from. I can't, actually, your ears are so inflamed. I can't even look in them. Like, I can't look see what you, what's happening with your eardrums. So he's like, well, just, you know, here's some antihistamines and, and take some aspirin for, for the, your ears. See how they go. I'm like, what? That night, just as bad, worse. Like, they're getting worse and worse. It was just agonizing. It's brutal. I don't know. Toothache and earache apparently are two of the worst pains because you can't really do anything. You can't rub them. You can't do anything, you know, what you usually do with the sore arm or leg or something like that. And trust me, with my blood illness, <laughs> I've had a lot of pain. I deal with a lot of pain to this day. This was brutal. So again, no, no sleep. I was like, right, I'm going back to the hospital. I've got to see another doctor. Had a proper appointment. Last one was, I don't know, it was kind of weird. And he's like, yeah, your ears are totally infected. Keep taking those antihistamines for the rash. I don't know what that's what's caused that or the bites. I don't know. But the ears, yeah, no good. Really, really severe infection. So I got 10 days of antibiotics as well as antihistamines. And then I just took ibuprofen for the pain and to get the inflammation out a little bit. So kind of just took it easy for the next few days. Luckily, the antibiotics kicked in pretty quick. So... The pain went from like a nine and a half out of 10 to around seven. <laughs> I can deal with sevens. So I'd wanted to get going because I had planned that I was going to move to England from Nairobi, like I was going to fly from Nairobi to London and live with my friend Claire, who we had tra- I met in Africa in Nairobi, and we were going to rent a house together, two bedroom house. And you know, like I said, I've been on the road now for about 15 months. So I was just getting tired. And when you get sick, especially in Africa, like you don't know what the hell it is and it could kill you. So I was kind of like, all right, I, I've had an amazing, amazing adventure, but I'm ready to get to England and just have a house, have a home and just roll, you know, stay put for, for a little while. But I was like, no, I can't. There's no way I can travel like this. You know, I'm feeling like crap. My ears are killing me. And then I started worrying like, oh, my God, like I got to get my ears sorted because I, I can't fly <laughs> anywhere with them like this. So I was like, well, if there's somewhere I got to just stay and recuperate, Nakata Bay is not a bad option at all. So I just kind of lounged around there for a week, really. And there was a few birthday parties, which I took part in especially after a few days of the antibiotics, they started feeling a bit better. Definitely cut down on the drinking, that's for sure. Nothing for a few days. And then also bumped into a few more travelers that I'd met in various places, so that was really cool. And I even met these two English girls who had met Casey in Lamu like a few months ago. So he was back in Africa I guess he came back into Africa in February. So he was gone almost a year. He also went back to Canada for two weeks, saw his parents, went and saw my mom. Because <laughs> Casey's my friend who I left Canada with. It was his trip and he talked me into it. And then when we were in Nairobi, he decided he was going to bail and move to England for a year. And I'm like, this is your trip. You're not even going to finish it off. He's like, oh, yeah, like I'll go to England for I don't know, a year or so and then come back and then f- go from Nairobi to Cape Town and finish it that way. Because, you know, it's Paris to Cape Town by land. I'm like, that doesn't count. You can't take a year out 
<laughs> say, you did what I did. No way, Jose. <laughs> and then I find out he went back to Canada as well. I'm like, just doesn't have the stamina as I do, I guess. Anyways, but it was just joking aside. It was really great to hear about him that he was doing good, but looked like I was going to miss him. It was only about a month, maybe two months that he'd come back. I'm in Malawi and he's in Kenya. But the last the girls heard that he was going into Uganda because he wanted to go see the girls. And so yeah, kind of what I did, but not with him. I did with my friend Claire, who I was now going to share a house with England with. Anyways, so that was a good bit of good news. It's actually a shame I didn't get to see him because it would have been nice to bump into him again. And I also managed to phone my mom because I hadn't saw, spoken to her for about two and a half months. So she thought I was dead. <laughs> I was got to talk to her and my brother, which was really nice. And then I finally, after two weeks in Nakata Bay again, I managed to get out of Nakata Bay and hitch a ride up to Livingstonia and still in Malawi, which is absolutely beautiful. It was I was staying at the top of this plateau, which is about 2,000 meters up. And I managed to get, I hitched a ride with these three South Africans, Cheryl, Allen, and Sue, who were supposed to just drop me off at Chalemba, and then I was going to cut into Kenya, to Mumbai. But they totally took the wrong way. Like, <laughs> I was sleeping in the back, and like, they were driving about two and a half hours before they realized they took the wrong road. <laughs> There's not that many roads in Malawi. I don't know how they did that. So that's how I ended up being in Livingstonia instead of going straight to Kenya. But it was okay because it was absolutely, it's a beautiful area. And again, it was all right to stay there for a few days. And by this time, my ears were settling down. So it just kind of felt like I had water in my ears, not the darning needles, <laughs> which was a big step up. And my rash was starting to finally go down. At least it wasn't nearly as itchy. So that was okay. Basically, it was just another beautiful place to stay for a couple of days. You know, felt 100%. So I guess wrap up there about my second time in Malawi. Like I said, it was about a month. And I absolutely love Malawi still to this day. <laughs> so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way. And like I said, there's probably going to be one, maybe two more episodes for this series. And then this series will be a wrap and we'll be on to Central America and much closer in time. It was only last year. So. <laughs> and now it's time for... Tam's Top Tips! Rather than from 93.94. But of course, before we go, okay, so tip number one is for Blantyre. And I would say, like, I prefer Blantyre over Lilongwe, the capital. It's just a nicer city, not as big, not as crazy, and there's more things to do. And believe it or not, Dougal's Lodge is still running in Blantyre. So they have dorm beds rooms so dorms start 15 bucks a night and rooms are 30 dollars a night so you could go to Dougal's and they got a pool and a bar restaurant it's a great place to stay so check it out i hope it's still owned by my brother dave not 100 i don't know but i think so and it's also right behind the winella bus station in blantyre so go check it out plus there's lots of museums and art galleries and markets in blantyre and there's also two nationals nearby so you can do safaris one of them luanda have black rhinos the very few black rhinos that are left in the world god damn it uh, and elephants and then there's also Langway national park okay so tip number two well really it's all about lake malawi malawi is <laughs> Malaria. So you have the yeah, like Cape McClear Bay, Monkey Bay. I mean, obviously, Nakata Bay is my favorite. I've spent, I guess, a month there in total because I think I stayed there probably close to three weeks last time and over two weeks this time. So over a month. Love it. And also, they have this breed of tilapia fish called the Chambo. Only these fish are only found on Lake Malawi. Crazy is that? 
and I've ate quite a few of them. They're pretty tasty. You'll find lots of water sports and chalets and bungalows, all budgets in all these places I said along Lake Malawi. I recommend it. It's beautiful. Malawians are awesome. Check it out. It's pretty cheap as well. And then tip number three, you can climb Mount Mulanji. I didn't because of bad weather. No, don't do it in bad weather. <laughs> and like I said, it's about 3,000 meters. Uh, Sepetwe Peak is the highest peak in South Central Africa. And the Zombo Plateau is also another beautiful area of Malawi. I went there on my way down, so there's an episode about more about Zombo on a previous episode about Malawi. So check that in. Okay, and for solo female travelers, Malawi is really safe. I never felt any problems there. Super nice people. And I was also going to say there's lots of places you can volunteer as well in Malawi, which would help them out, which would be great. Well, last tip, I guess. <laughs> really be careful of malaria there. That's why I call it Malawia, because <laughs> everyone I bet who got malaria got it there. Also, there's another one called Bilharzia, which you get from Lake Malawi. It's basically these worms or something like that in snails, and then they go through when you're walking in the lake. They, these little worms get in there through the soles of your feet. I also got that, but didn't know I had that for years and years and years until I went to London the London Tropical Hospital in England. And they were like, oh yeah, so I think I had it for 17 years before they found it. <laughs> so so yeah, keep an eye out for malaria and Bill Hartsia. Malaria, yeah, you can just, just cover yourself up at night, use mosquito repellent and sleep with a mosquito net. That is your best preventative for malaria. Okay, so also just want to apologize for being a day late. Basically, I was almost finished recording this episode and my computer just crashed. So I had to re-record it today. <laughs> Sucks. But that's why it's important to subscribe to my channel. Okay, so make sure you do that. And we will see you next time where I think it could be the final episode of this series. Depends how long it might be. It might be two episodes. I just want to thank you once again for listening and coming along on my first backpacking trip with me way back when. So um, I hope I've entertained you as well as given you some tips. Okay, of course, you can always go to the website manyroadstravel.com for any other info. Okay, so we will see you next time. And until then, safe travels one road at a time. Bye.